What's up, y'all? Welcome to Ragers of Orange Weekly. You know us, Orange Weekly. We're all about friends, brews, and Broncos news. This Rager show is all about the Broncos matchup. We're going to be looking at the sports betting and fantasy aspects of the Broncos each and every single week. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share. And if you're into making money like I'm into making money, if you're into watching the Broncos win like I'm into watching the Broncos win, this is the show for you. My name is Ray, of course, the host of Ragers. And each and every week we're going to be coming with you. Um, I'll be joined by my buddy. Y'all know him very well. His name is Jared, but I call him J-Rock. What's going on, J-Rock? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, Ray. I'm excited to get this season rolling. I'm excited to see the first Broncos game of the season. It feels like when all this pandemic hit and sports shut down, we I felt like we might never arrive to this moment. But here we are, Broncos. Late game Monday night. Really excited to see what you got going on, Jared. I can't wait to hear your analysis, and I can't wait to see what kind of bets we can come up with the people. But, hey, man, you know what time it is? Uh, Beer 30. Beer 30. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. So this week I'm drinking uh, Red Truck Brewing Company. This is a fresh wax Vermont style IPA. Quite tasty. It's a local brew here in Fort Collins, Colorado. What do you got over there, J-Rock? So uh, typical to my uh, San Diego current living situation. Obviously, I'm a Colorado boy at heart, but living in San Diego, I have the uh, Mike Hess Hop Cloud Hazy IPA. It's a local Mike Hess's brewery down here in San Diego. And um, it's, it's pretty tasty, man. Tasty. Love it. Love it. Well, hey, again, each and every week, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at some specific key matchups in the Broncos uh, week one matchup against the Tennessee Titans. We're going to see what matchups we can exploit. And we're going to see what information we have, insider information, the knowledge we know about the Broncos to decide where is the best place for us to optimize our fantasy football lineups and how do we make some Monday, some money on Monday night football. So with that being said, um, this is why we have Jared here. Jared's the, the brains of this whole thing, coach football for tons and tons of years. He likes the numbers and all that good stuff. Um, so Jared, I'm hoping you can help me out here. I'd like to walk through the position groups this week. And I want to look at, of course, we're looking through fantasy football. We only care about offense here when we're talking about fantasy football. But let's compare skill positions to the defense and what we're going to be going with this week. And I think the first and obvious place for us to start is let's start at the wide receiver spot, knowing that Cortland Sutton has had that aggravated shoulder injury that looks like he injured um, uh, coming into the weekend. It looks like he practiced Saturday limitedly, but it looks like he's downgraded to doubtful for the for the Monday night game. So, Jared, what do you see here? We have our rookie young core of wide receivers going against, I think, potentially an exploitable secondary in the Tennessee Titans. What do you got on the analysis there? I, you were, you hit it spot on. The exploitable secondary is what we really need to focus on. And a lot of this is going to d- depend on how much protection law can get. We have very speedy, very young wide receivers at the wide receiver spot. So if Sutton is out, expect to see Tim Patrick out there a lot more. Um, obviously, J- uh, Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler has been uh, with a few injuries throughout the you know small nicks and bangs threw up. So we don't know how much we're going to see him. But what we have to focus on is their corners are not not the strongest they're they're historically not the strongest corners they have very good safety help over the top which is helpful for them on the longer balls but what we need to be looking at is the short short passes so if we have anything in here about receptions over yards i would probably look at the receptions over yards this week 
Love it. Love it. And and thinking through that same thing, exploiting those cornerbacks, we saw that cryptic tweet from Noah Fant this week where he said, oh, look out. You're going to see things you haven't ever seen before. He had those little googly eyes. Thinking through what the Noah Fant, what the tight end position has meant um, to us, how, how we've struggled to um, find a, a reliable tight end that can really be that dominant game changer. But we bring in a coaching staff that has been able to use tight ends in a unique way the last few years. So team Talk me through that. Let's think about um, the tight end position and maybe how that matches up against the Tennessee Titans defense this week. You are 100% right. We're going to be seeing a lot more from Noah Fant than we did last year. Last year, we used him in a very stereotypical tight end, three down, uh, three three point stance on the line of scrimmage, used him for blocking when we need him to. But now we have such a core, good core of four tight ends that we kept on the roster this year, including Pat Shermer coming in in, in an offense that's going to be a lot more spread than what we're used to, which is good. I love the spread offense. I'm a huge, you know, I love quarterbacks. I love receivers. I love to see the ball in the air uh, more than I like it on the ground, which I'm excited for. But you're also going to see that Eric Ebron style, what he did in New York with Eric Ebron and, and flexing that tight end out to either be a slot receiver sometimes if he has if he feels the matchup is right which honestly in this game when you're looking at the corners in uh joseph and butler i don't think he's i think he's gonna he's gonna flex him out he's gonna have him out on the outside and he's gonna be able to uh take advantage of a, a what they think is a mismatch yeah and, and, and although a small sample size remember noah fant was the number one tight end in the league last year in yards after the catch he came on late in the season had a couple of those big game three catch 70 yard games he had a couple huge humongous 50 60 yard field field flipping type of catches um, I think the talent is there. And the fact that they kept four tight ends tells me that they have a plan for the versatility. We know Noah Fant can be sub, um, subject in the blocking game a little bit, but he's no doubt um, a stud on the outside. So I'd love to hear that that matchup against those cornerbacks is something that we can absolutely exploit, especially since we know they have such strong over-the-top help. And so getting Noah Fant to the outside is going to be critical. Let's take the whole totality of it all. I think we got an edge when we're talking about our receivers, albeit we have young a young crew. We definitely have an edge in the tight end game is what I'm hearing. Let's put the quarterback in there. Let's take our quarterback, our seven, and let's go against their seven. You know, they're, they're maybe their middle, the outside linebacker core to the cornerbacks, adding in the safeties in the mix. Who are we giving the edge to this week? Who's got the better set there to make these passing plays happen for us? So here's here's where a lot of Broncos country is going to want to hear this. Their front seven on defense is better than our front seven on offense. And and that's just the way it is, right? They had a, a late offseason pickup with um, Jadavion oh Clowney. Jadavion Clowney. So yeah. they had a late offseason pickup with Jadavion Clowney. Man, I can't talk today. Yeah. So with, with that, we have an issue, right? We have an issue where we are going to need to establish the run to make sure that they're not 100% pass rushing with guys like Jadavion Clowney. And their linebackers are actually very good, which is why I like the matchup on the outside with Noah Fant as opposed to him being matched up with one of the linebackers. Now, in free space, I think Noah Fant beats any of their backs or linebackers but we need to be able to get him into free space and unfortunately I don't think we're going to have a lot of time to do that yeah and that, that kind of leads me to my next question right we we need time and probably the weakness on our team is that offensive line we don't know what the tackles look like I think from guard to guard we have a pretty solid top 10 kind of a setup there between our two guards and our center but the two tackles that we have outside um the revolving door or the holding machine on the left side and the revolving door on the right side it seems like we can't quite get that figure out Talk me through the run game. 
Do we have an edge at all in the run game? We'll, we'll break down the running backs here in a second. Let's 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 hold uh, who's going to get the carries and who's going to do that. But Melvin Gordon, Gordon, Philip Lindsay this week against that front seven. What do we think we're going to get out of it? Not what you're used to from last year. I'll tell you that much. But here's the big part, and here's a big question mark, is Pat Shermer, like I said, is a spread offense. He's not used to having two main running backs. He's not used to having you know a 1-1 punch or a 1-2 punch to be able to go out there. So I'm interested to see how Pat Shermer does this. And this is going to be one of those week one unknowns, right? Those one, one of those week one unknowns. I, I mentioned it in the Orange Weekly podcast, uh, obviously on all of your uh, podcasts, if you guys haven't already subscribed to those. What I mentioned is we're going to, we can't do our normal what we did last year with the zone run. It's not going to be able to work against this front seven. We can't just give them the ball up the middle and have them make plays and try to find a hole. They're going, their gap fill is better than our gap creation. And so what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to do a lot of powers. We're going to need to pull guards. We're going to need to outnumber them on our runs. And I think that's the only way that we're going to see success in the run game. But again, this is one of those unknowns. We don't know what we're going to see because Pat Shermer is this is the first time with this this group of people that he has. And, and, and we don't really know who is going to be the running back, right? I mean, I, I think they, they hesitated. They did the slash on the depth chart to really list who the actual <laughs> starter was. Bronco country doesn't want to hear this. They want Melvin Gordon to be the starter. You don't invest $15 million in a guy to not want him to carry the lion's share. But like, like Philip Lindsay's just like this really cute and adorable fly, but he's just this annoying pest. I think for the Broncos that he just doesn't go away no matter what, no matter who they draft, no matter who they put in the room, he continues to pop. It's a really interesting thing. I'm curious to see how that lion's share breaks down. What's your best guess on the breakdown of the carries 50, 50, 70-30, 70-30, how do you see the carries breaking out this week for between those two guys? Uh, I'll, I'll split the difference there, and I'll go 60-40. I think it's going to be 60% uh, Melvin Gordon and 40% Philip Lindsay. And honestly, if Philip Lindsay starts having the hot hand, which he has, and it's the way that he won the starting job in the first place. Uh, he was not supposed to be the starter. He was supposed to be a third string his rookie year, and all of a sudden you give him the ball, and he's getting nine, eight, nine yards per carry. If guys can't tackle him, then that's what's going to happen. And I'd like to see that happen again where – one of those guys starts lighting off and he gets out there. But what I will tell you this is Melvin Gordon is going to be out there for your third and longs, your third and mediums, because he is a pass-catching uh, guy and he's a guy that you can get the ball to him in space. And that's exact. I, I think when you think about – when you're going to look at the stat sheet come Tuesday morning or at the end of the game Monday night, I think you're going to see a similar number of carries. I think we're both – they're both going to see that 10 to 12, 13 range of carries – uh, depending on how the game is trending in that direction, it's going to be fairly even. But I think when we think about the number of touches and we think about the number of times we get the ball into somebody's hand, I think Melvin Gordon's going to get the slight edge. I bet Melvin Gordon has four or five passes thrown his direction specifically. Absolutely. To slow down that front seven to help our offensive line, just give him a chance for some easy peasy little screenplay type of deals. Um, Drew Locke, rookie quarterback, still, you know, really kind of still going in game. What is it? Six. This will be a sixth NFL starter, seventh NFL sixth start. NFL start yep. You know, when you're, when you're that young, I think you're hesitant to sit in the pocket and take a smack in the mouth. You're going to be looking to do some of those dumb passes. So that'll be the interesting thing that we're going to see, see this week. All right. Drew Locke. What, <laughs> where are you at with Drew Locke? Hey man, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge on quarterbacks. That's kind of what I, I like to say I specialize in here. And, and I like Drew Locke. And here's why I liked I like Drew Locke compared to what our stats were last year. And if you guys listened to our uh, two podcasts before this, the fantasy and the 
drafting one or the uh, betting 101, you'll you'll listen to hear how we talked about how a lot of these lines are based off what they did last year, what those numbers looked like last year, and sometimes they kind of a kind of throw out a number and see where it lies. Vegas kind of you know ends up making those numbers, but what I like about Drew Locke is they don't have a lot of film on him. Nobody has a lot of film on him. He's had a whole offseason to correct. The only issue that I saw from last year was his footwork. Some of his decision-making was there, but that's more of a rookie mistake kind of thing. Not so much an issue to worry about, but the footwork. And now he's gotten a whole offseason with the same, with a new offensive coordinator, with the same quarterback coach, with the same offensive line coach to be able to get that through his, his thought process. He's going to be making smart decisions this game, and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes one or two just bombs and lets it go. But... We need to have him have it have that protection. I I like the fact that he can extend plays, and ultimately, when you're looking at this from an analytical standpoint, you can't you can't expect every play is going to be extended to another level, right? You can you can go one on one with somebody only for so long. So I like the idea that he extends plays as a fan of the Broncos, but what that means from an analytical standpoint, I don't know. Right. Yeah, totally. I I think I'm in. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I got the lot Kool Aid <laughs> a little bit, man. Uh, things are looking good. So, all right. So, with that backbone of our analysis, we're gonna dive into some of the actual lineups and matchups that we need to be considering this week. You're gonna hear from me every week, every single week that we do this episode here. Fantasy football and sports betting they inform one another. They work hand in hand and they work in tandem. If the projections of a fantasy football player is going to be out of the roof, the sports betting lines are going to be adjusted accordingly to that. So as you are sitting here thinking through, how do you become more educated in your sports betting? How do you become more educated in your fantasy football lineups? One of the easiest ways you can do is just look at those two pieces of data together. And so I want to share some bits with you, Jared, and I want you to kind of hear where I'm at with a couple of things. Let's start with Jerry Judy. I'm just going to focus on our wide receiver guys. I'm going to focus on Jerry Judy, Noah Fant this week, um, knowing that Cortland Sutton is most likely out. Jerry Judy is our now number one. Yeah, most likely going to be our wide receiver number one. Is sitting at uh, right now on most fantasy, um, ESPN fantasy is the 42, 42nd projected wide receiver this week. Depending on the scoring of your league, you're looking somewhere between 7 to 13 points in the projection of that. 42nd. And Noah Fan is sitting at the ninth best tight end. So he's projected to be the ninth highest scoring tight end for this week. Where do those two numbers lie for you? And how do those fit as far as um, are you starting them, sitting them? What are you doing with those two guys? I'm, I'm starting Judy. I, you have to. I, you're looking at a young receiving core. The only person that, like I said earlier, Tim Patrick is the only person that, uh, that Drew Locke has had any con- – practice time play game time with and he did very well towards the end of the season let's remember that towards the end of the season when drew lock got in there tim patrick kind of got his his uh feet going he got his fire burning i i think jerry judy is going to be the target he's going to be the guy this week and if he's sitting uh, what'd you say 42nd 42nd right now in his projected highest projected wide receiver this this week that means that means there are multiple other uh, after the 32 teams wide Mm -hmm. receiver twos that are projected to get more points there's absolutely no way there's absolutely no way that there's other i'm starting judy and uh that's that's it yeah i think if you're if you're talking if you're talking fantasy football lineups he's wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside this week there's no doubt Mm -hmm. about it so if you have judy on your lineup i also agree that he's an automatic start if you're looking at some 
putting together some fantasy daily fantasy lineups, which we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Um, I think he's a key guy that you're going to want to target. Um, I think he's going to be great. And I agree with you. I think Noah Fant is right where he's supposed to be because I think if no, if we knew Noah Fant was going to get the lion's share, I think he's probably going to be a top 10 tight end every single week. We still don't know how that division breaks out. I would hesitate on Noah Fant. If you have him, set him, play him. Um, I, I wouldn't go out of your way to make sure that he's on your lineups um, when you're talking about some daily fantasy football. Awesome. I love, love that projection. So one of the things that we're going to do again each and every week uh, is going to look at the player props. Unfortunately, at this time that we're recording this, we do not have set numbers for Jerry Judy and Noah Fan on what their player oh, no. props are going to be for Monday Night Football. Part of this, I think, is because they don't know what Cortland Sutton's status is yet. So that's why Vegas odds makers are sitting right where they're at because they don't want to put out a line that says, oh, uh, Jerry Judy's going to be over under 40 yards. And as soon as Cortland Sutton's out, clearly that line is going to move tremendously. So they're holding on that. So let me give you a couple of numbers here to think about. I think No Fant is looking at a three to four catch game and a 50-yard type of day. That's what my projection is on Noah Fant. That puts him right about the 10.5 points that ESPN is projecting him to be at. Maybe he squeaks in a touchdown and has a nice day for you. So if you're thinking through that and you see anything, if you're seeing that Noah Fant's yards are 50-plus, I would not I would stay away from that line altogether. If you're seeing his number of catches is going to be in the 3 or 4 range, I'm staying away from that line altogether. I think Jerry Judy is probably a five-catch, 75-yard touchdown type of guy. That's my projection on Jerry Judy this week specifically. Um, Both DraftKings and FanDuel right now have odd boost on Jerry Judy to score a touchdown. And so um, I was able to capture Jerry Judy scoring a touchdown at plus 400 this week compared to, I think it's at plus 280. Um, So it's 50 to return 250. Uh, I think that that's an interesting space to be. Again, if you're thinking about where is Jerry Judy going to lie when the Lions come out once we know what Cortland Sutton status is, I think anything under 69 yards, I'm taking the over. If he's anywhere 60, 62, 65 yards on the day, that's where his over-under is set. I'm going to take the over. I think Jerry Judy's a five-catch, 75-yard type of guy um, to down, tomorrow So or on Monday night. I apologize. So um, awesome. With that being said, let's do the running backs now. Ooh. Gordon, 20th ranked running back right now in the ESPN rankings. Lindsay, 31st. So they have Lindsay potentially slightly better than all the running backs. We know that a handful of teams do the running back by committee. Where do you feel about those numbers? How do those lie out for you? I, that sounds about right to me. Uh, and, and it's only because we talked about it. I, I would like to see them a little bit closer. But when you're talking about uh, fantasy, when you're talking about daily fantasy, and you're talking about uh, sports betting, the, the yards after the catch and the and the yards, the, the PPR that you can get from mm-hmm. – uh, from Melvin Gordon, it, it just way outweighs what what Lindsay's going to be able to accomplish. So I like that. I think I'm I will go out on a limb and say I think Lindsay's going to have more rushing yards, but I think uh, Melvin Gordon is going to have more overall yards and more receptions. Love it. Here's where Vegas has their their rushing yards for Monday. Melvin Gordon is set at 42 yards rushing yards over under 42 yards on Monday, and Philip Lindsay is set at 39. So I think they're seeing oh they're so close. Minutes. The two running backs probably running out at about the 80, 80 sort of rushing yard mark. So use that as your framework. And I'm asking myself this question. Do the Broncos rush for more than 80 yards on Monday night football? I think that's a hard. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think it's hard to figure out how that happens, but I do think that they do rush for more than 80 yards. I like both of these lines. I can't quite yeah. decide, I think, with you 
on which way I'm going to go. I think Philip Lindsay has such explosive power on the backside that I feel like 40 yards is like a eight carries, 40 yards is really obtainable for Philip Lindsay. Again, I think they both get about 10 touches. So we're talking about Gordon. If he's got 10 or 12 rushes, he's got to average 3.5 yards a carry. Uh, Philip Lindsay's got to average a little bit less than that, maybe 2.8 to 3 yards a carry on a 12th touch type of day. How do you feel about those things? I, I think both are really great bets. I think you're right on. I think they're great running back to flex options for you in your leagues. If you got them both, I think they're worth a play, especially I like that sneaky Monday night play for your uh, season-long fantasy leagues um, to have a running back on Monday night. I like both of the overs. I think that they both rush for over their respective yards. I think they're both in the 50s and the 60s for the day. I would take them both. I'm going to cash on both of those runs for those for this week. So so here's here's something that you mentioned that I think is important to mention is the sneaky Monday night play. The best part about having players in your last game of the week is you could really see and this kind of the fun part about playing daily fantasy or or you know um season-long fantasy with your friends is you can really play that last game and be like, come on, Fant, I need that extra touchdown. Like, I need that extra – come on, Melvin Gordon, I need that extra five yards. Give me those extra five yards, and I think that makes it a little bit more fun. But, yeah, having that late Monday night game is really going to make it interesting for a lot of people, especially if you're taking – Absolutely. I'm playing, I'm playing. If I got Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay, I'm playing them in my season long fantasy. And again, I'll talk about the, the daily fantasy here in just a few minutes there. Last one I got for you, Drew Locke listed right now as the 26th best quarterback or projected to be the 26th highest scoring quarterback in the league this week for this week. Um, and his yards for this week is at 233 passing yards for their Monday night game. How do you feel about those two numbers? Uh, I want to stay with what, what was the what was the so how many reception or how many yards 233 passing yards this week I I want to stay away from that I that and that's just me again I think that this front seven is better than our front seven and I don't think he's going to be able to sling the ball the way that he wants to 233 seems pretty high for me especially in the first week especially knowing that we've already had struggles in our scrimmage against our defense and everything else that we've been hearing a new offensive coordinator young quarterback really young receivers I, I would I would stay away or even take the under on that if I needed to. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, does Drew Lock pop and just make Broncos country go goo goo gaga on Monday night? <laughs> I, I you want it to. You want to. You want those googly eyes. Oh, man. So let me give you a backdoor uh, before we go to the team wide bets for this week. Let me give you a couple of backdoor numbers to be looking at Tim Patrick or Deshaun Hamilton. I'm going to keep my eyes on these two guys receiving yards as close as possible for Monday night. Again, the reason why they're not posted right now is because they don't know the status of Cortland Sutton. But if either one of those two guys, if you're looking at your FanDuel, if you're looking at your DraftKings, MGM, Sports, um, Action Sports Network, whatever you're using to bet on, if either one of those guys are hovering around 20 yards, over under 20 yards, and that's where we saw Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Parker all year last year, right? They were hovering right around 19.5 yards, 22.5 yards. If they're in the 20s, 20, 20 to 25 yards, I'm hammering the over on either one of them. And here's what we'll do for you. Go to Twitter. Go at Rages. You go find us on Twitter. Um, we are right there, Orange Weekly Rages. You can find us right there anywhere you want I'll, on your Twitter platform. You'll find us. You'll see my smiley face. You'll see a cool-looking logo there. 
Take us, follow us on Twitter, and we will post on Twitter if we see those lines come out so that way you make sure you know that the line is coming out and where that line is at. So, again, if I see Tim Patrick or Deshaun Hamilton in the 20s for over-under yards for the game, I'm hammering the over because I think both of them get a couple more catches than they're supposed to with Cortland Sutton sort of being questionable to out for the game. So keep your eye on that so we love if we're looking at these individual player props we love our running backs i think our running backs are great options for you this week noah fan is a just set it and forget it kind of guy and jerry judy is a no doubter in your fantasy leagues we are both taking over on both running backs yards right now currently at 42.5 for melvin gordon and 39.5 for philip Lindsay. let's take a look at the team game broncos currently three point underdogs and the over under is set at 41 Couple of numbers I want to give to you really quickly. When the line opened, we were about a two-point favorite. So we've seen about a five-point swing in the line right now. Oftentimes, remember, when we see these big swings, that can tell us that there's a lot of money that's being put towards the Tennessee Titans. That is true. So I, I, I did some research today. About 75% of the money that's coming in right now is coming in on the Tennessee Titans side. But I do want to mention a couple things. This is when the line was at minus two. And this is when Von Miller was supposed to be playing on this Monday night football game. So Von Miller's out. We see that, um, you know, they, they signed Jadavion Clowney. We, that's why we're seeing this enormous pendulum swing five points in the other direction. They're now three point underdogs. Here's what I'm doing. I'm taking the Broncos. I'm taking the plus three points. Cause I'm going to tell you why the Denver Broncos to me are a borderline playoff team. And even though the Tennessee Titans got to play in the little, you know, they got to do the playoff thing last year. Oh, good for you. (laughs) The Tennessee Titans are a bunch of Jamocha jokes. They are Ryan Tannehill. Are you kidding? (laughs) You know who the Tennessee Titans remind me of? They remind me of the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple years ago. I thought you were going to say that too. Made a huge stink, made it all the way through the playoffs, and the next year just did absolutely nothing. They were just a dumpster fire the following year. The Tennessee Titans are going to be a dumpster fire this year. And there is no way. Now, do the Broncos maybe lose? Yes. And am I going to eat crow next week? Sure. Fine. Whatever. But I think the Broncos are a borderline playoff team with incredible upside that play in a tremendously hard division. And they have Ryan Tannehill. Now, Derrick Henry, great player. I'm not going to take anything away from Derrick Henry. I don't know. I'm taking the Broncos plus three. I think they win this game outright. I think it's a close one. I'm staying away from the over under at 41 points. I think it's probably right. I think it's a 22, 23-20 type of game. Um, that's what it feels like to me. Um, but I don't know for sure. Uh, I, I like the Broncos today. Jerry, what do you think about that? Uh, taking the Broncos team versus team, or what about the over under on that one? Yeah, I 100% agree with you on Broncos with the points. You Like you said, it's it's going to be close. I feel like whatever happens is going to come down to a last drive, maybe you know uh, last two drives, whatever the case is, an extra field goal here or there, and uh, a stop somewhere. So I think it's going to be a close game. I agree, but I do think the Broncos can pull this off, so I agree with that. I don't like the I, – I think I would take the under. I think it's going to be a very defensive game, especially the way that we're talking about how this offseason has played out. We have sure. a, we have young guys. They have a shitty offense. It's a run first, second, and third. Then maybe pass fourth, <laughs> and run sixth, seventh, and eighth offense. So this, they're going to be taking up a lot of time. They're not going to score a lot of points. These are two. These aren't two teams that are really showstoppers as far as overthrowing it and and quick strike offenses. So I I would honestly I would look at probably taking the under on 41 points because I don't think it's going to get that high. I think both teams are going to stay under 20 points this week. If unless one one might get 21, but I think it's going to be like 21-14, so I think it's going to be low. 
And remember, so remember in your back pocket though, remember when we're looking at some of these lines and you see a line that you're really not sure about, or you wish you could move it a little bit. Remember we have that option of a teaser, right? So right. the Broncos are a perfect teaser team for you as you're looking at your lineups for this weekend. And so what you could do, remember, you have to find two lines and it could be an over, under, or a spread. And you can move those lines six points in either direction. Let me give you guys, here we go. This is just money in the bank for each and every one of you. The Baltimore <laughs> Ravens right now are at minus 7.5. Take the Baltimore Ravens and tease them down to minus one and a half. The Baltimore Ravens are going to roll. I think who are they playing? The Bucks this week, or I'm sorry, the Browns this week. I believe yeah. who they're playing. I think they're only I think they're only eight point favorites right now. Um, if you tease them down minus six, you get them down to a two point favorite, and then you can take your pick on the Broncos line. That means you can take the Broncos from plus three to plus nine, which means that the Broncos have to lose by ten or more, which I don't see happening in any world. Or you can no. take 41 and you can move back to 47. And now the team total has got to be under 47. So keep that in your back pocket. I'm taking the plus three. I think that's a great bet for us this week. Now, I'm going to give you one more fun team bet this week. The Broncos, the number of touchdowns the Broncos are, are to score this week is set at two. Over under two touchdowns on Monday night. And the reason why I'm I'm going to take the over here, and it depends on what's on, on after on so FanDuel. So has is it is it two point five or is it one point five? It's currently set at two. So that means if the Broncos score two touchdowns, two you just, touchdowns, you don't lose. It's just a tie. You just get your fifty oh. bucks back. So it's wow. a pretty safe bet in that regard. Um, where if they score one, you lose. If they score two, you just get your money back. And if they score three, they've probably covered the point three, the plus three spread, and you're probably going to get that money there. So this is a great line that oftentimes I'll try to find sometimes where I'm going to take the Broncos plus three. If they're going to cover the plus three, guess what's going to happen? They're going to score more than they're two. They're going to win. It's that simple, right? They're gonna they're probably going to put 28 on the scoreboard if they're gonna cover the plus three. If they're gonna win outright, it might end up being a 28-10 type of game. I have no idea. The over-under set at two. Um, I saw on, on FanDuel, I'm sorry, on DraftKings, it's set at 1.5 right now. Uh, but you have to pay a tremendous amount of juice. But on FanDuel right now, it's set at two. Um, minus 110 juice. You gotta just decide over-under. It's a coin flip. Are they gonna just score more than two touchdowns or less than two touchdowns? And if they score two, you just get your money back. So I like that bet. I'm going to take over two because it helps me hedge my plus three bet in that regard. Now, of course, if they totally blow it, then you lose both. But I'm going to go with the <laughs> I think the Broncos are going to come out fine. I, again, I think that they are a playoff, edge playoff contending team. And I think the Tennessee Titans are full of bullshit. So um, I'm going to go with that. So as we think through this, let's do a quick recap here. We love the running backs this week. I think they have a chance because their over-unders are set so low at about 38 and or 39 and 42 yards. I think that we're going to see at least 80 yards rushing from the Broncos. Again, if they're up towards the end of the game, I think we're going to see a little bit more running. Philip Lindsay is just one pop away from a 25 yard run. I love Philip Lindsay's. Um, and I think Melvin Gordon, they, they want him to be the guy. So let's go with that. Um, so we're going to take both of those guys. We are going to take um, either Deshaun Hamilton or Tim Patrick. If either one of them Absolutely. are in the 20s, for the over under yards. And again, we'll tweet that out for all of you. We might even put a little video on our Facebook page. So that way you know exactly where to find us. So that way, you know, if anything good looks there and I see something that looks like it's worth making money on, I will let everybody know there. I love plus three on the Broncos and we're going to take over two touchdowns this week. Cause I think again, if we feel good about the plus three, chances are we're going to get to the two touch, at least to the two touchdown mark. So if we get to the two touchdown mark, we can't lose our money. We get to the three touchdown mark and we're going to make some money. Jared, are you ready to make some money this week? 
I'm always ready to make some money, man. What are we doing? (laughs) One thing I want to mention, every week we go through this, we will talk about daily fantasy lineups as well. Now, typically the way that daily fantasy football works, though, is it's typically the Sunday slate. So normally the Thursday night games and then Monday night games are not included in those slates. And so because of that, we're not going to take a deep dive into fantasy football, but I want to share one little nugget that I love love, love when it comes to betting fantasy, daily fantasy football is that they allow you to play single game bets. So you're only picking players from a single game. And I love playing the Broncos when it comes to these. single <laughs> and, and let me tell you, this is a perfect scenario for me to make some money because of what the betting public believes that the Tennessee Titans are going to win the game. You and I both right. believe, based on the analysis that we've talked through, a little bit biased potentially, but because we know the Broncos so well, we, you and I both believe that the Broncos are going to actually win this game on Monday Night Football. So if the betting public believes in the Tennessee Titans, that means the betting fantasy football public also believes in the Tennessee Titans. And so when you look at right. these single-game matchups, and you look at these one-on-one matchups, when you get to pick all your players from one game, you're going to see overwhelmingly a number of Tennessee Titan players drafted over Broncos players. And so if you can ever find this sort of underdog game where you really think the underdog is actually going to win the game, this tends to be a place where you can exploit and get a little bit of an advantage because if the Broncos do win 28-10, I don't care how many people put Derrick Henry on their lineup, it won't even matter. And so in these five, in these lineups where it's just kind of a one game lineup, you typically only draft five players in that lineup. And you have to pick one of them as your MVP. For me this week, because there's so many unknowns, I'm taking Drew Locke as my MVP in each one of those lineups. I'm going to just stick Drew Locke in the MVP category. The MVP gives you one and a half points. I think that's great. I'm going to pair him with Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. I don't even care. He's getting (laughs) Drew Locke, Noah Fant, um, Jerry Judy. And then you can kind of play with a smattering of other players. You can maybe plug in a couple of guys from the Tennessee Titans. You can see if you can sneak in like a uh, a Derrick Henry and then maybe like a Deshaun Hamilton or something of the back end. I'm just going to stick to the receiving core of Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, and, and uh, Drew Locke, and I'm just going to hammer the hell out of it on those Monday night single game daily fantasy plays. And so – Again, we'll we'll look at it for the Sunday slate in a, in a in a normal week, but because we got the Monday night slate, forget all of that. Play the single game Broncos. Drew Lock is your MVP for every single one of the lineups that you put in on Monday night. And I think you might have a chance to put some money in your pocket. Jared, anything for the good of the order, brother? Man, hey, that was great. You had uh, a lot of great info in there, and I wrote down a little of it. So I'm going to have to, after we're done here, you're going to have to tell me again what I need to put some money on. But hey, look, I I had a great time. Uh, I hope, I think you did too. I hope our listeners did too. Make sure you guys are hitting subscribe. Make sure you guys are hitting the follow button. And uh, make sure you're telling your friends because that helps too. So uh, let's let's put some money in everybody's pockets uh, this year, huh? Absolutely. And don't forget to hit us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places you can find Orange Weekly. We are the best Broncos news. We're all about friends, brews, and Broncos news. Please follow us. Hit that like button. We'll be tweeting out additional information. And you know what? Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.